money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome everybody to the Texas RIAs. Texas RIAs is the largest by far network of real estate investor associations across the great state of Texas with chapters in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. We're in our 20th year. I'm Phil Grove, one of the co-founders of the Texas uh, RIAs. And Texas RIAs provides training, education, resources, power teams, money, and just about everything you could imagine, proprietary tools and others. Uh, to help Texas investors invest in Texas real estate. Uh, And one of the resources we provide to the community is market data. We continuously update the market data and we're gonna share some of that with you tonight and tell you all what's going on in the real estate market. And I will preface this by saying, I'm not a member of the uh, Texas Board of Realtors or the National Association of Realtors. I am not a realtor. Uh, I'm not here to try to persuade you that the market is either going up or down. I don't, I don't really care. I mean, I do care. But the truth is, uh, we make money in up markets and down markets and sideways markets. Uh, so like the National Association of Realtors is always telling you why the market's going to go up, whether it is or not, right? You know, because they have a motivation and incentive uh, to, to push a particular agenda. Here at the Rio, we don't have any agenda. We're not offering you any investments. We're not here to sell you something. Uh, We are just here to offer hopefully an unbiased education on what's going on in the marketplace. Then we have a large community where people can interact, partner, collaborate, borrow, lend, do things to make money. So let's talk about what's going on right now in the marketplace. What's the big story when it comes to real estate right now? What's the big story? Interest rates, somebody think interest rates? Yeah, interest rates. What's happened with interest rates? Have interest rates gone up or down? They've gone up, they've gone up. Okay, so interest rates have gone up. So what do you think? Um, Are interest rates high or are interest rates low? What do you think? Who thinks interest rates are high? Raise your hand if you think interest rates are high right now. Okay, raise your hand if you think interest rates are low right now. Look at that, we got a few lows and a lot of highs. Right? You're not all voting, so I'm keeping track of who's not voting, okay? I would say, from my perspective, interest rates are normal. That's how I would describe interest rates. Uh, in 1981, uh, does anybody know what interest rates cost for a mortgage in 1981? 18%. Did everybody hear that? You're complaining about 8%? Yeah, 18%. I would say that was high. I would say that was high. Now, I've been investing in Texas real estate for 20 years. Uh, I'm actually a few days away from my 20th anniversary. I did my first deal on December 15, 2003, so I'm almost to my 20th anniversary. And most of my real estate rental portfolio, uh, to this day, has the original mortgages of uh, 65 to 7.5%. That's just normal real estate interest rates. That's what I call normal. Now, for the last few years, we had some freakishly abnormal interest rates, three, four, five percent mortgages. That's not normal, folks. That's freakishly abnormal. That's never happened before in your lifetime. 
uh, probably not in your parents' lifetime, probably never again in your lifetime. I seriously doubt you'll ever see that in your children's lifetime. Could it happen? Anything could happen. I don't know, and I'm not here to tell you I know what the future holds, but I will tell you that was a freakishly abnormal, once in a hundred year kind of a situation that we went through. So if you missed it, sorry, you missed it, okay? But here's the good news, we're back to normal. And, and, and I would describe interest rates right now as normal. When interest rates were freak, freakishly abnormal, a lot of freakishly abnormal things were going on in the marketplace. And I would say that investing in real estate the last few years has been kind of risky or riskier because there are a lot of deals that were structured, especially on the commercial side, that only worked with three or 4% interest rates. And some of those deals are now coming to fruition and no longer work, right? Because the freakishly abnormal thing that made it work is no longer in place. Uh, so I think it's a great time to get investing in real estate now that it's normal because it's easier to buy, it's easier to, it's almost as easy to sell. Uh, the interest rates are normal and the market is acting normally. Okay, that's my perspective, but, but it's all perspective, right? If you were uh, getting involved or learning or buying your first house a few years ago, you're thinking interest rates are really high right now. If you were investing way back in 1981, you're thinking interest rates are really low right now. If you're somebody like me that's been doing it for 20 years, you're saying interest rates are normal right now. And that's just perspective. Now, when interest rates do go up, what happens to home prices when interest rates go up? What happens to home prices? They'll go down. Who thinks home prices go down when interest rates go up? Who thinks uh, home prices go up when interest rates go up? <laughs> well, you got a few ups and a, and a lot of downs. I would say it does this. Interest rates has both upward and downward effect on real estate, okay? So it, 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 it affects it in two different ways. Uh, actually, more than the, the truth is, real estate really doesn't care about interest rates. Real estate really doesn't care about the economy. Real estate cares about supply and demand. It is the purest market there is, supply and demand. So in as much as the economy or interest rates or other things may affect supply and demand, that would how it would be uh, affecting prices. So we have higher interest rates. Now, uh, why do we have higher interest rates? Because we've been going through something called inflation. Everybody's been talking about inflation. And you know, most of the time when I hear people talking about inflation, they talk about it in negative terms, like inflation is a bad thing. Personally, I disagree. I love inflation. I just have another word for it. I call it appreciation. Yeah, because when all of your wealth is tied up in physical stuff, assets, things like real estate, then you go to bed at night hoping for more appreciation, i.e. inflation. So because of inflation, real estate prices shot way up. So that was pretty cool for people like me that own a lot of real estate. Now, at the same time, when interest rates go up, right, then, then loan payments go up, and there's fewer people that can afford to buy houses. So the demand goes down and that pushes prices down. So you have fewer buyers, uh, but also because of all of that inflation, we got a lot of demand before the, and with the inflation, 
that actually has caused something interesting to happen. Uh, you know, and, and you know, on a national basis, we actually have a housing shortage. So talk about market cycles. 2008, there was a big market cycle. What happened in 2008? All the banks went bankrupt. Up until 2008, we had something called subprime lending. Instead of requiring people to have jobs and credit and income in order to qualify for a loan, they just had to be able to fog a mirror held under their nose to qualify for a loan. Right? They came up with something called the Stated Income No-Doc Loan. Bob, do you have enough money to pay us back? Yes, I do. Loan approved. It was the dumbest thing I ever saw. And 2002, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, all the banks gave everybody that could fog a mirror held under their nose a loan. And then by 2008, all the banks went bankrupt. Right? You know the government actually changed the definition of bankruptcy in 2008? All that mark-to-market stuff, that was really just tweaking the definition of bankruptcy. But by any real logical, real definition, the banks went bankrupt. But they were too big to fail. They got bailed out by the government and the Federal Reserve. And eventually they got back into the lending business. But lending has never been the same ever since. Because even though interest rates went down and money got cheap, it never got easy. Right? Today, what do you have to do to get a loan? You have to fill in a 1,900-page application. You have to turn over your firstborn, submit blood samples. You've got to do a lot to get a loan, right? And consequently, because money never got easy to get, even though it got cheap, it didn't get easy, right? It's been harder to get money. And consequently, because it became harder to get money, the builders have not been keeping up with the demand. And on a national basis, we actually have a housing shortage. Who's heard of this, that we have a housing shortage? A bunch of you have heard of this. Yeah, the estimate is that we have six million fewer houses than we need for a stable market. And when you have a housing shortage, what does it do to prices? Pushes them up. So we have a housing shortage pushing prices up, and then we have interest rates pushing prices down. So you can see how these forces on the marketplace push things up and push things down, right, at the same time. And if you kind of put that all in a blender and, and see what comes out the other end, I'll tell you what's happened in the Texas real estate market. The Texas real estate market is flat, pretty much as flat as Dallas is flat. It is just plain flat. So we'll go through the individual cities. But if you take a look uh, at the average price of a property in Texas, year to date, the Texas real estate average price on a house is down 0.2%. No change. 0.2. 0.2. Now, year over year, October last year versus October this year, is actually up a little bit. It's actually up 1.8%, but I would still call that pretty much flat, not really doing a whole lot of anything. Now, the number of houses sold is down. There's fewer buyers, but there's also fewer sellers. Uh, so the total volume is down and the prices are flat. Now, the volume, let's talk about the volume. Uh, something kind of interesting has happened. Normally, when you look at houses that are for sale in the MLS, normally about two thirds of the houses that are for sale are resale houses and about a third of the houses that are for sale are new construction. 
But at the moment, it has switched. And why is it switched? Because everybody that bought or refinanced their house in the last five years has one of those freakishly abnormal three or 4% mortgages, and they don't want to give it up. So there's nobody putting their house for sale. And I'm exaggerating. People are putting their house for sale, but not many. Because if you put your house for sale, you lose your three or 4% mortgage, and then you got to get a new, right, 7.5% mortgage. And nobody wants to do that, give up that cheap mortgage, so they're not putting the houses on the market. And that's contributing to the housing shortage. Remember the housing shortage? So now, at the moment, two-thirds of the houses being sold are new construction houses. But there's a problem there, too, because the new construction is going to run out at some point. Money is not only not easy to get, but it's now expensive and not easy to get. So building is slowing down. And eventually, we're going to start to run short of new construction inventory. And now we've got a problem on the supply side. No new houses, no resale houses, but people keep having babies and they keep moving to Texas. So when you have continued demand and a limited supply, that's another upward force uh, on interest rates. So what's going to happen next? I don't know, right? And, and if I told you I could predict the future, I think I would be disingenuous. Nobody can predict the future. Uh, and so I don't believe that you should try. I've never tried to time the market. I've had people tell me forever, like, sell now, sell now. It's always been the worst time to sell. Right? You don't know what's going to happen in the future. Who could have predicted the pandemic? Who could have predicted so many different things? Um, the consensus amongst experts is that at some point, interest rates are probably going to start to fall. Um, maybe not a lot, uh, but they'll probably fall. Most of the experts would say they're probably going to come down a point, maybe two, over the next year or two. Uh, don't expect 5%, 4%, 3% mortgages, but we'll probably get, you know, five and a half, six and a half percent mortgages. They're going to come down probably a little bit over time. And if you look at interest rates coming down, well, what would that probably do to home prices? Push them up. So I can think of many scenarios in which real estate prices start to go up again. Uh, I can't think of many scenarios where real estate prices would go down. But again, nobody knows for sure. But our best prediction is real estate markets are going to stay pretty much flat and then gradually start to tick up again, because that's what the data shows. Now, each individual city is a little different. So we'll go through the state, and then we'll go through the different cities. In the state of Texas, the average price property uh, home is 411000 It's actually up 1.8%. Median, the average median price home is 333 k It's actually down 0.6%. So the mix has changed a little bit. I think this is one of the most important numbers to look at, this thing right here in the months of inventory. What is months of inventory? There's a couple of ways to look at months of inventory, but it's, I, I think it's the most important number to track if you really want to know what's going on in the marketplace. Technically, months of inventory means this. If you just stopped adding any more houses to the market for sale, you, you just sold what you got and you don't add any more, how long would the inventory last? And the answer is 3.8 months, 3.8 months. And that's also the average amount of time it takes to sell a house. Some more, some less, 
That's the average, 3.8. Now to put that into perspective, let's put that into perspective. The saying is, if there's less than six months of inventory, you have a seller's market. If there's more than six months of inventory, you have a buyer's market. If there's right around five and a half or six months of inventory, you have a neutral market. We are still in a pretty strong seller's market, interestingly enough. Now going back to perspective, it's not as strong as it was because a year ago we had 2.9 months of inventory, which was a stronger seller's market. But don't kid yourself for a moment, folks. We are still not in a buyer's market. We are in a seller's market. Now, the number of properties that have sold is down. The total volume is down. That means fewer buyers, fewer sellers. And the amount of active listings, properties available, is up. There's a little more available, which means there's a little more inventory. Uh, now, going back over the last three years, let's see what happened. 2021, prices shot up 18% in one year. Great year. Next year, another great year, up another 10.7%. 2023, average price down 0.2%. So if you bought a house in the last year, you didn't make any money. If you bought a house three years ago, you made 30%, and that's just perspective. So let's dive into some of the different cities, starting with Dallas, Fort Worth. Dallas, Fort Worth is the second most expensive city in Texas, and the average price is $487,000, up 3%, not bad. Median price is 398, down 1%. Uh, months of inventory, three months of inventory. It's actually one of the strongest markets in, in Texas. Now, something interesting about Dallas, and I have no idea why this is the case, but we've been tracking this for 20 years. And for 20 years, I don't know why, maybe somebody can explain it to me, Dallas has always been the bellwether of Texas. In other words, if you want to know where Texas is going, look at Dallas first. I don't know why. I don't know why it's not Houston or Austin or any other city. For some reason, it's always Dallas. Uh, so it's always been the bellwether. And there's certain leading indicators, right? Dallas is a leading indicator. Uh, uh, condominiums is always a leading indicator, like condominium inventory. If you want to know what's happening, uh, going to happen to houses, look at condos. Condos, when the market goes soft, first thing to go down. Uh, when the market starts to come up, last thing to come back. So if condos are hot, man, you can sell condos, you can sell anything. It's, it's, it's the, it, we call it the canary in the coal mine, or the condo market. Uh, so, and there's nothing, nothing wrong with condos, it's just, just how the, the, the inventory works uh, with condos. Um, but Dallas is another bellwether for the state, right? And something has started to happen in Dallas, uh, and that is the inventory is falling, and the prices are going up. So maybe Dallas is the turning, uh, you know, bellwether that is happening for the rest of the state as well. Uh, active listings is up, but not a whole lot, only, only 7%. Pending sales is actually down, but only 7%, not a lot. Uh, closed sales is down 7%. So, you know, a little less buyer-seller, a little less uh, 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 volume of activity. Uh, but the prices are actually, you know, depending on median versus average, you know, pretty flat to up. If you look back three years in Dallas, 2021, great year, up 20% in one year. 2022 is up 
another 15%, and then 2023, it is flat, pretty much as flat as Dallas. Okay, Houston. Houston is the second uh, most affordable city in Texas. Average price is 404,000, up 0.4%, and median price 327, down uh, 1%. Uh, months of inventory 3.6, so a little more inventory than uh, Dallas. Uh, active listings up 12%, a little more than Dallas uh, inventory available. If you look at the last three years in Houston, uh, 2021 up 16%, 2022 up 10%, so you didn't get as much rise as you did in uh, Dallas, and then 2023, it is flat year over year. A couple other bullets over here. Um, I might go back to Dallas and look at this. Leases are actually up 16%, and lease prices are up 1%. So fewer people can afford to buy, so a little more are leasing. And there's more inventory. Uh, a lot of apartment buildings have been built, but even despite all of that, uh, rents are actually up uh, about 1%. That wasn't as much of a rise as we've had in the past, but you know, up is better than down. Uh, in uh, Houston, also a lot more inventory. Uh, prices are up 2%, uh, and new lease listings is up 10%, so more inventory coming online. All right, Austin. Austin, Texas is the most expensive city in Texas, major city in Texas. Average price home in Austin is 559,000. That's the average. That is not a typo. And we did a little research to figure out kind of where Austin came from. And it turns out the word Austin is actually Latin for San Francisco. Yeah. Austin is the Silicon Hills of Texas. And Elon Musk uh, moved in with a whole bunch of other Silicon Valley high-tech companies, and they brought with them all their big six-figure income uh, people. And man, has that changed uh, Austin and made everything, including housing prices, skyrocket. Now, Austin is the one market, and I'll explain why in a minute, that has had something that might resemble a correction. So the prices in Austin are actually down 5.5%. Median price is actually down 7.5% uh, year over year. Uh, inventory in Austin, a little higher, 3.9 months of inventory. So what happened in Austin? Well, 2021 happened in Austin. In 2021, prices in Austin went up almost 30% in one year. It was unprecedented. And it was so crazy that there were months after months after months in Austin where there was less than 0.4 months of inventory, less than two weeks of inventory. I mean, imagine how hot that market was. So all these people are moving to Austin and somebody put a house on the market for sale, they'd get 11 offers in a weekend. One of them would win and 10 would lose. So 10 people put an offer on a home and were sold, sorry, you lost. So they'd put an offer on another home. Well, guess what? 10 of them would lose and one would win, right? So they put an offer on the second house. Oh, you lost again. So they put an offer on a third house. And the buyers got so ticked off with the realtors. Like, what are you, I, I got to move here. I just, what do what you got to do to get a house here? Then in 2021, it was normal for people to buy houses for 5 or 10% above appraised value. And if you buy houses above the appraised value, you actually have to bring extra money to the closing. 
because the bank will only finance it up to down payment plus, uh, appraise, plus loan equals appraised value. So people had to bring extra money to the closing to, be able to get the bank to approve them to buy it for more than full price. Uh, and it was a freakishly abnormal market in 2021 when prices went up almost 30% in a single year. Uh, in 2022, it was still pretty odd market, up another 10%. And then 2023, the correction. So this goes to perspective. If you bought a house in Dallas or Austin three years ago, you made 30% thereabouts. Uh, you know, uh, it's just when you made it. In Austin, you made 40% and you lost 10, right? In Dallas, you just made 30. So it's a perspective. If somebody bought a house in Austin over the last year, okay, uh, you lost some money. It went down about 9%. Now, that being said, by all measures, this down went, uh, happened several months ago and has been pretty much flat at that level. We expect it to stay at that level and then, like the other markets, start to tick up at some point. Um, San Antonio is the most affordable city in Texas. Uh, the average sales price of a house in San Antonio is $379 flat. Median price is $319 and also flat. So the market is flat. 2021 looked a lot like Houston, up 16%. 2022, up another 12%. Uh, 2023, average price down 1%, which is basically uh, flat. So that's what's going on in the Texas real estate market. And I would say it's a great time to be a Texas real estate investor uh, because we're welcome back to what I would describe as a very normal, very normally active uh, acting uh, marketplace, and I like normal because it's predictable. So before we move on, any questions on what's going on in the marketplace? Any questions or comments or observations? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, do you know I don't. Okay. Um, that could be figured out. Most of this data is collected uh, online. We have a number of sources, uh, including the Texas A&M School of Real Estate, which is a great source for data. We also publish this on our social media sites, Texas RIAs. So if you want to get data every month, just go follow us on Texas RIAs and uh, Facebook, Instagram, and you can get this data updated for you uh, every, every month as you go by. Um, so like days on market, you know, I think inventory is way more important, by the way, than days on market. Uh, for those of you that don't know the difference, days on market I would describe days on market as how long it takes to sell a lucky house. Uh, inventory is how long it takes to sell an average house. And you can't count on being lucky, but you can count on being average. Uh, and by, by, by days on market being lucky houses, what do I mean? I'll give you an extreme example. Let's say there's a subdivision and 10 houses have been for sale in this market uh, subdivision for a year and none of them have sold. And then somebody puts house number 11 on the market and that house sells in two weeks. If you ask a realtor, what is the inventory in this neighborhood? They're probably gonna answer the question like this. Well, the average days on market for sold houses is two weeks. Yeah, that one lucky house that sold, it only took two weeks. But what about the other 10 guys that have been trying to sell their house for a year? What about them, right? They're toast. So I don't really care you know, how long it takes to sell a lucky house. That's why I look at inventory and weigh that more importantly than uh, days on market. But uh, is, is days on market or inventory lower for uh, resale versus new construction? I don't know the answer to that. 
Um, I, could, I could only guess, Pro probably. Uh, I will say building is slowing down, though, so at some point that's going to change. Other questions? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you make 20% margin, you're going to make more money selling a $500,000 house than a $300,000 house, right? Uh, but that being said, you know, I mean, when, when the inventory grows, it gets a little harder to sell. Costs have gone up. Labor's gone way up. Wood and some of the materials have gone up. I would say labor and materials, it's not coming back down. It, it went way up. It came down, and now it's like there. And we're just—I think the price of everything is just at the new normal. What, whatever you thought, you know, it cost to go out to dinner or buy a, a dozen eggs, whatever that was, that's gone. It's not coming back. But what we're at now is just the new normal. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that—that that disappeared in, in the last few years, right? It used to be that—that—that—that that, 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 I haven't heard that term used in a while. But, you know, banks keep a certain amount of their bank foreclosed properties off the market because they don't want to flood the market with a bunch of, you know, uh, foreclosure houses. But, you know, that's, that, there hasn't been a lot of shadow inventory for years because the market's been hot. And when the market's hot, you dump your inventory, right? You know, so uh, you, banks don't want to have inventory, right? The only reason they kept any of it off the market is just to keep the market more stable, right? So prices wouldn't, wouldn't decline. Um, but yeah, there's, there's not, I don't, I don't know any shadow inventory. The only thing that kind of resembles shadow inventory is the fact that people are not reselling their houses, right? So in a sense, there's a fair amount of built up wanting to sell houses. People want to sell their house, buy a bigger, nicer house, but they're afraid to give up their loan. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are you, so you're, you're seeing, a, uh, and, and when you say your vendors, you're talking about labor or materials? Materials. materials. Like what's, what's cost the most? So it's, uh, yeah, so here's a builder in the room saying material costs have, have gone way up. Now, I, you know, the, what, what, what our construction people are telling us, it's, it's stabilized, and you're saying this is even recently you're seeing this. So you're saying this is recent update, uh, uh, increases in cost. That's, that's interesting, because most of the builders I, I deal with said, you know, they have had big increases, but it's kind of stabilized. You're, you're seeing maybe big increases even recently. So that's interesting. Yeah. You know, shingles, petroleum, oil, it's gone up. So yeah, I mean, there's some volatility there, but any other questions or comments on the marketplace? All right. Was that helpful, guys? Yeah, so great time to be a real estate investor and welcome. Uh, if you'd like to get copies of our materials, we publish them on our social media sites, Texas RIAs, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram. Quick announcement, and then we're going to get into our next session where we're going to do a little training. And speaking of training, we interrupt this program for a special announcement. Um, another resource that the Texas RIAs provides for the community is training, uh, and we provide free training for all of the members. Uh, and uh, we do this through workshops called the Texas Real Estate Investing Workshop. There's a bunch of traveling circuses that come into Texas and they sell inferior training for typically $1,000 for a workshop and we provide it to this community for free. This is Texans teaching Texans how to invest in Texas. We've literally had thousands and thousands and thousands uh, of Texas successful, most successful real estate investors they got started at this workshop, uh, The Real Deal, Texans Teaching Texans, How to Invest in Texas. So practical, actionable, detailed, step-by-step -step training 
teaching all 12 strategies that we use here in Texas. There's things you can do in Texas you can't do anywhere else. There's things that are legal in 49 states that are not legal in Texas. And you better know what those things are, and we're going to teach you all the marketing methods and even the closes, which are the exact scripts to get deals under contract. Learn how to partner with local experts, learn how to access local funding. Uh, thousands of people have gotten started at this workshop. And it's a great way to kick off your next year. So if you want to start the year uh, with a new uh, side hustle or maybe main hustle, we've got workshops coming up in Dallas, Houston, and Austin on these dates in these locations. There may be even some other dates available if you'd like to attend online before the end of the year, but uh, you can just click on this QR code to register for free uh, or go to texasstarterkits.com. Now, for you guys that are watching online, uh, you can click on the link that is in the comments uh, below. Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at texasstarterkit.com.